0: Hey, this is Greg Harvey, pastor at Embrace Church. Enjoy today's message and subscribe so you don't miss out on the upcoming sermons. In 1 Corinthians 16, uh, verse 13, he said, watch, stand fast in the faith. And I love these last two things. He said, be brave and be strong. Be brave and be strong. I mean, you realize you, you've got to be brave. You've got to be both. You, you can't just be brave if you don't have some inner strength within you. It's hard to be brave if you're weak. Come on. It's hard to be brave if your strength is down. It's hard to be courageous if you are worn out. If you are exhausted, if you're tired, it's hard to be brave for God if inside you are weak and you've got no strength within you. So last week where I talked about to be brave, this week I'm going to talk about to be strong. Because the two go hand in hand. You can't be one without the other. You, you can't be brave if you're not strong within you. If your faith isn't strong, if, if your inner self isn't strong, you can't be brave. So, so, so this morning I want to preach to you on being strong. In Philippians chapter 4, and I, and I went there last week, going with it again. In verse 6, Paul tells the church, he says, Be anxious for nothing. Nothing. Isn't that easy for Paul to say? Be anxious for nothing. And in a world where, where, are I, mean, we're all anxious. We're all worried. We're all fearful. We all deal with things. We all deal with anxiety. And Paul tells the church, "Look, be anxious for nothing." And, and like I said last week, I, I brought up, I, I, it's easy for Paul to say, be anxious for nothing. I mean, he's not living in the world we're living in. But then I think we're not living in it at all in the world he was living in. And when Paul wrote this, they were after him. When Paul wrote this, he was in a prison cell. When Paul wrote this, he had just been beaten. When Paul wrote this, he, he didn't know if he would make it the next day, if they would kill him. And in that state of mind, he's still able to write to the church, hey, be anxious for nothing. For nothing. But in, instead, in everything. Everything. By prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. How many wants that? I mean, a peace that you can't even figure out. It passes your own understanding. You just got a peace. You can be going through a mess, but you just got a peace. You can be going through stuff, but you still just have a peace within you. Others don't realize how you can have it because it surpasses their understanding. But you just have a peace. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Now I stopped there last week and this week I want to go a little bit farther because Paul, Paul deals with this to be brave but he deals with this next section so that you can be strong. And he says this in verse 8, he says, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy... Come on, how many's got something praiseworthy? Paul says meditate on these things. Think about these things. Dwell on these things. And the thing which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do. And the God of peace will be with you. I like that. And the God of peace will be with you. And the God of peace will be with you. Last week week where we stopped, we stopped on verse 7. It ends with this phrase. It says, says that the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your mind. The peace of God. And here he's wrapping up this thought, and he says, in the God of peace. He starts at the peace of God, and he wraps it up with the God of peace. You see, you can have the peace of God because you have the God of peace with you. I can't have the peace of God if I don't have the God of peace with me. And I think sometimes we just go with the God of peace, but we still don't have the peace of God. But Paul's saying you can have both. You can have the God of peace, and you can have the peace of God in your life, and He will guard your heart, and He will guard your mind. That peace will guard you, that peace will guard you, but you can't have that peace if you don't have the God of peace. So he said the peace of God will be with you. And he tells the church, he tells them, he said, look, look, be anxious for nothing. As he told the church in Corinthians, he said, look, be strong, be brave, be strong. And I think in the church of Philippians, he's he's just speaking to us all. And he's saying, look, here's how you can be strong. Here's how you can be brave. Here's Here's how you've got to learn to focus your thought pattern. I can't be strong in my life if I don't have a focused mind. Because I've got I've to make sure that my mind is focused. That my mind is right. That the thoughts that are coming in, uh, that, that just not any thought gets to stay. So, so I've got to be focused in my mind in order for me to be strong because I can't be brave if I'm not strong. So, so we're we're last week Paul saying, look, be anxious for nothing, uh, here he's saying, look, look you've got you've to learn to think about some stuff. He says, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, of good report, praiseworthy, meditate, dwell, or think on these things... So where he said, look, be anxious for nothing, here he's saying there's some things you need to make sure you are thinking about because you can't live courageous without having a rightly focused mind. You see, because, because our thought patterns matter. Because fear and faith are both products of our thinking. Fear and faith are both they're both products of what I think, what I focus on, what I dwell on, it all matters that's how I can be because it all it all comes let, 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 me, let me explain. If, if, if all I do is focus on the negative, if all I do is focus on the problems if all I do is focus on, on, on these things that I'm, that I'm worried about, if it consumes me, the product or the, bad, the byproduct of that focus will be fear and worry every time. Every time. Every time. You can't focus on the negative and have a strong faith. You can't focus on on your problems and have a strong faith. So so what you focus on, what Paul's saying, whatever you focus on will determine uh, how strong you are. So if I focus on the negative, uh, the byproduct of that is I'm going to deal with fear. I'm going to deal with worry. He says, but there's something else on on the flip side. If I learn to focus on what is pure... If I learn to focus on what is noble, what is true, what is of good report, what is praiseworthy, what is lovely. If I learn to focus my thought on these things, the byproduct will be I will have a faith that rises up within me. Because what I focus on will determine where I'm at with Him. So my focus, my thought will always be, it will lead me to fear Or it will lead me to faith. So when Paul's saying, look, be anxious for nothing, let me tell you how to be anxious for nothing. Get your mind focused on the right things. Get it focused on God. Get it focused on these. And I've learned learned that this unfocused mind, and it takes work to be focused on what's pure, what's lovely, what's good report. Because, Because the enemy throws all the things in me. And it's hard for me to focus. And an unfocused mind always leans the other way. An unfocused mind will, will lead to fear. An unfocused mind will lead to, it will weaken your faith. An unfocused mind. So I've got to learn to focus. Look, let, let me, in the, in the Garden of Eden at the beginning. Well, let's go back to the beginning because you see it happened right there. God created Adam and Eve. He placed them in this beautiful garden and He said to them, You can eat anything you want. I made it all for you. Any tree, any plant, the herbs, all this, I made it just for you. You can have anything. You want it's all a blessing for me. You can eat it all except there's a tree in the middle, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Don't eat it. And 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 how many know our world would be so much different if Adam and Eve would have focused on what they could have instead of what they couldn't have. Our world would have been different if their mind and their focus would have been on what they could eat instead of what they couldn't eat. And I do the same thing. He gives me all the blessings in the world. And he says, all of it, all of it, I'm giving you this, I'm giving you this, I've given you life, I've given you health, I've given you family, I've given you, I've given you more than what most people have in all the world. Because I don't care how poor you are in America, in a third world country, you are rich. So, so I've blessed you more than any others around. I've given you and I've poured my blessings upon you. And what do we do? We focus on what I don't have. Well, my life would just be better if, boy, if I had this, if I had more money, when, oh, y'all are spiritual, I, I know. None of y'all in this room thought if I had more money, that's never crossed your mind. When well, you dream with me when that lottery gets big too, don't you? Oh, if I won that, I would. I, you got to play to win. I don't play, but you know, play to win. Every now and then, if it gets big enough, I might play. Because he's blessed me with money. I might as well just give a little and Let's see. He might want to bless me more. Take that out of the podcast. <laughs> Edit. If I had more of this, if I had, if I had the better, if I had what they had, I would be so much happier. If I had their house, if I had, and our mind we get to focusing so much on what I don't have. Instead of all the blessings that I do have. And it's hard, isn't it? Because, because when I begin to focus on what I don't have, I don't count my blessings that I do have. And my faith begins to be weak. And I don't see God as a generous God, as a loving God, as a giving God, as a God who blesses me. A God, who I see God as somebody who wants, something, who wants to bless them more than me. And I feel like I'm left out. Oh, y'all are looking at me funny. I know y'all think the same thing. He must love them more. Look at what they have. I wish he... And we focus, we focus, we focus. We're like Adam. It's like we never learn. That's the same trick the enemy gave uh, that got us in trouble in the first place. From the very beginning in Genesis. It's the same trick and we fall for it again and again. We put our focus on what I can't have. You see that focusing on not thinking the wrong thoughts too messes with you. I mean there had to be a point with Adam and Eve that they're just sitting there going... I wonder what that tree tastes like. And then it starts getting to them enough that they're probably going, I can't eat that tree. I can't eat that tree. I can't eat that tree. I, 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 I can't eat that, stay away. And then, and then Adam, Adam throws in a new law to Eve to help it better. He said, you can't even touch that tree. Okay, so now I can't eat that tree and I can't touch that tree. I can't eat the tree, I can't touch the tree. I can't eat the tree, I can't touch the tree. I can't eat the tree. What do you think their focus was on? Well, don't, I mean, I mean you, 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 you tell yourself, I'm not going to do that. Not going to do that not not going to do that again i'm not going to do that again i'm not going to do that again i'm not i'm not going to do that again every time i do that i get in trouble i'm not going to do that again i'm not i'm not going to do that what are you thinking about what i'm not going to do That's all in your mind. That's all you think about. So what will happen eventually? I'm going to do what I said I'm not going to do because that's all I'm thinking about. It consumes me and my faith gets weak. And Paul says, look, look, instead, instead of trying not to think this, let me give you some things that you should think about instead so that you get your mind focused in the right way instead of thinking about what you can't have, instead of thinking about what you can't do, instead of thinking about your problems, instead of thinking about your sickness, instead of thinking about that, think about some other things. Whatever is true, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is good report, whatever is praiseworthy. Think about those things. And God has given us unlimited amount of things that we can think about in Him. He has blessed us enormously. There is not a limit to how God loves us. You could think about Him all day and never repeat a thought at once. He's blessed me here. He's blessed me there. He's provided for me here. He's healed me here. He's given me here. Oh, come on. You've got something to think about and praise Him for. Paul says, so think about these things. Concentrate on this. And your faith will rise. When we concentrate on the goodness of God. He he tells that that church in Corinthians, he tells them something else. He he says this in in 2 Corinthians 10, verse 3 says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. But mighty in God. Here's what they're good for. For pulling down strongholds. For casting down arguments. And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Look at what Paul says. And here's how you fight it. Bring every thought Bring every thought into captivity. Bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Bring every thought into the obedience of Christ. Bring every thought. He's telling. He's telling. He's telling. Look! 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 We war. We war. But our war is not against our flesh. The wars, war's not really about the flesh. And since it's not about the flesh, we don't fight with carnal, fleshy warfare. Instead, we fight with divine, with the mighty of God. And, and, and our weapons are good for pulling down strongholds, for casting down arguments. How I many of you get some arguments going in your head? Oh, I mean, I mean, how many has ever had an argument with somebody before you had an argument with somebody? And then just to make it good, you had an argument with that person after you had an argument with that person. (laughs) And you replay that argument again and again, and then you start saying, I should have said And then next time you replay it, you did say, so when you tell them, I told them, uh uh-huh, and then I said, and they yelled, they didn't yell. But by the time you replayed it a few times and had that argument in your mind, I've had people tell me, you said, and, and, and I didn't even have a discussion with them. Oh no, I remember. Hey, you remember playing it before. You remember writing it. You remember the argument before the argument happened. And you played it so much that you think it did happen. Paul says, look, look, our our weapons, they'll cast down some arguments. Because those arguments in our head, they never lead to anything good, do they? They'll get you hating somebody. For no reason at all, other than the argument you had in your head. They'll get you, they'll they'll rob you of your joy. He says, look, I've got some weapons for you. And they're good for even casting down arguments. He says, "Here's what you do: you bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ." Well, now now we're getting good because as when God tells you to do something, when He speaks to you, and you feel it that I'm, I, I need to. What's the first thing that comes up? An argument, a thought of why you can't. Every time, doesn't it? God, God will say, God, 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 will, God will do something. He'll, he'll say, look, I, I really want to bless you, but that person needs a blessing more. Why don't you, why don't you, why don't you bless them? Maybe, maybe, maybe it's buy them some groceries. Well has God ever told you to do that? Are y'all scared to raise y'all's hand this morning? Like, nope. Mm-mm, mm-mm, I'm not admitting it. God God's told us to do that before, to go buy some groceries. There there was a I remember one time and this was we we were young married. We're still young married. <laughs> I mean, we we've only been married twenty nine years. We're young married. We got married when we were ten and eleven. No, not really. That that is gross. Huh? No. 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 We we're young married. We had one. One baby, another one on the way, and how many know young married and a baby and another one on the way equals no money? Every time, every time, little baby, another baby coming, no money. That's always, that is always the mathematical equation that comes out of that. Young, young, you don't have a good job when you're young. We had no money, and there's this, there this lady in our church that had two teenage girls, and I found out that means even less money. Her husband had cheated on her, and They just got divorced and she's doing her best she can and God just says hey you need to go buy some groceries for them and the first thought that came to my mind I don't have money but God I don't have any money I don't I don't have any money I mean as soon as as soon as the thought came in to bless them, go buy some groceries for them, the next thought, the immediate thought was, but God, I don't have any money. I don't have the, the finances to do this. And, and here's the problem. Arguments a lot of time is so good at presenting us with Facts. It's good at that. When the enemy argues, he is good at presenting you with facts. You can't. Why you can't do this. Why you can't. I'll tell you, though. though we, we pushed through. We went and bought some groceries. And at the time, our pantry was a little bit empty. But we emptied out our pantry some more. And we gave what we had in our pantry. I'm sure they didn't like the baby food. But we gave it. I'm playing. We didn't give them baby food. But... um and we we emptied out our pantry and we went and bought groceries and we dropped it off and and even though we didn't have any money at the time, man, God just blessed us and he blessed us after, and, he, and we've talked about this, our pantry's never been bare, our pantry never has our, if we go in our pantry there's some food in there because God's blessed us with it when we gave, when the facts said you couldn't give, but we gave anyway because the enemy's so good at presenting arguments and facts to go with that argument of why you can't but I'm telling you there's a purpose in it so if you can push through and bring those thoughts into captivity God will bless you so when God tells you to do something the first thing the first thing the arguments are are as instantly is the arguments always try and present with facts you don't have the you don't have the money but the but the doctor said come on. But your but your kids are filling the blank. But the doctor filling but, but your finances fill in the it's so good at presenting us with facts and I think that's why Paul didn't say whatever things are fact. He said whatever things are true. Because, I mean, no, just because it's fact doesn't mean it's true. Just because it's fact doesn't mean it's true. We want to dwell on the facts. The enemy likes to present us with the facts. And God says, no, I've got truth. I've got truth right here. I've got truth. And just because it's fact, sometimes the facts and the truth don't always line up. Let me give you an example. It was a fact that Jesus died. But the truth was that three days later, he rose victoriously out of that grave. So the fact didn't matter. The truth outweighed the fact every time. And the fact might be, I don't have the money. But the truth truth is, I've got a God who will supply all my needs according to his riches in glory. And he owns the cattle of a thousand hills, and he'll take care of me. And the fact might be that I'm sick, but the truth is that by his stripes I'm healed. I'm telling you, the fact and the truth don't always line up. So he said, don't think of the fact, but you get a hold of a truth, a truth in his word, and you hold on to that truth because that's what will raise your faith. So you bring every thought into captivity. And there's some thoughts I hold on to, like what he's done for me, what he will do for me, what he said, what he promised. And I hold on to those those thoughts and I meditate on them, and I think on them, and I dwell on them, because that's, I hold on to that, Paul says. But he said, bring every thought into captivity. Now now, I, I, it took me a while to get this, because I, I got early. Yeah, I, I understand why you want me to bring the God thoughts into captivity. So that I can hold on to them. So that I can. I can hang on. Hold them. I don't let them go. They're prisoners with me. But he said bring every thought. Every thought means. The good. And the bad. I think why, why do I bring even the bad thoughts into captivity? Why is it that I would hold them and I went let them just pass through and I, and I bring those and I lock those up and they're captive? You see, Paul's, Paul's describing a war, isn't he? He starts it off. He says, look, we don't, we don't war like others. It's not a fleshly war. It's not carnal. Our weapons aren't carnal. They're divine. This is a war. Now you win this war is you bring every thought into captivity. Why do I bring the bad thoughts into cap- captivity? In wartime, when they take a prisoner, they don't just kill the prisoner right then. They take them captive. They interrogate them. They question them. They they want to get some information from from them. They, 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 They try and pull out everything they can in detail because it's valuable for the war. So, so they don't just let them go and they don't just kill them, but they hold them and they take them captive and they interrogate them and they, they, they get the information out of them as much as they can. Listen, this is, this is what Paul's saying. He says, look, you take every thought into captivity. The good you hold on to, the bad you interrogate. Why is he... Attacking me this way. Why is he always, always, whenever God wants me to do something, uh, that he puts this thought in me? Uh, why is it that he always goes this direction? Because how many knows there's a pattern? And, he, and, he, and once he finds something that works, he attacks you that same way again and again and again. And again, and a, y'all could finish that. Y'all know where I'm going. Again. Paul says, Look, I, I take it captive because I want to get some information out of it. And I have found this truth out. Let, let, me, let, let, me, let me give you an example because the thoughts sometimes try and keep me from my purpose. That's always what it is. The thought tries to keep me from my purpose, to keep me from my blessing, to keep me from what what I'm supposed to be doing. The thoughts come in, come in, come in. When I first started preaching, pastoring really, even youth pastoring, I would have random dreams and they're not that random because I would have them all the time. I would dream about the youth, and then whenever I was pastoring, I'd dream about the church early on. And and they would be the weirdest dreams. It would be services about to start, people are filling up, and I'm doing this. And I'm doing that. And I'm do- I remember there was one specific dream, and this is when I was I was pastoring and I had a had a dream and and We we were right in church and someone comes up and gets me and says, hey, we're out of toilet paper in the bathroom. So I stop preaching. And I go find some toilet paper and I put it in the bathroom. And then before I can get back up there somebody says, "Oh, hey, hey, we need some greeters. We had some greeters show not show up today. We need some greeters." So I'm so I'm I'm going around. I'm trying to find the greeters for for that. And, and then and then somebody else comes up with me with another problem. And I'm going over here and and people are just just leaving the church. And why wouldn't they? I mean, I mean, I, mean, I would leave the church too. They're just leaving, I mean, where it started with the full house, it's just kind of going out and out and out, and this way and this way, and I'm doing everything else, and I'm like, like so, so, so I would wake up from that dream and I would be thinking about everything that had to be done. Everything that had to be done in the church, and that becomes my focus. It did. I would think about, oh my goodness, this, you know, we we gotta make sure the bathrooms are clean because people don't come if the bathrooms aren't clean. I've gotta get make sure that's taken care of. Bathrooms gotta be clean. I agree. The bathrooms need to be clean. It's gross if they're not. And we gotta get some greeters. We got to get grease. We got to get more grease. We got to make sure we've got enough and we got to get that. In my mind, my focus was on everything else. And I would find myself that my preparation in his word and in my prayer time slacked because I was focusing on everything else. And one of these times I said, "No, I'm going to why is that always happening? Why is that?" And I begin to realize, "Oh, oh, the enemy's trying to keep me out of what my purpose is. He's trying to keep me out of his word. He's trying to keep me out of the prayer. He's trying to keep me out of this. And every time then afterwards that I would get a thought like that, I would begin to realize I took it captive and I begin to realize, "Oh, God's got something good for somebody. So I can't worry about that. I'm worrying about what he's got for me. And I'm going to study more and I'm going to pray more and I'm going to worship oh, come on somebody because God God's got something within the enemy. even saw that before. And he began to attack me. So why do I take every thought captive? Because I need to know, is it going to keep me from my purpose or not? So I've got to focus on what is good, what is lovely, what is pure, what is somebody, what is praiseworthy. That's what I'm going to think about. That's what I'm going to meditate upon. And I take it all captive. Don't let anything... Slide. It takes a focused mind, is what I'm telling you. You bring it all captive. You bring it all captive. It's, it's a, hey hey Aaron, Aaron, come come up. Well, y'all come up. It's not that I'm about done. I just don't know where I'm about to end. God told the children of Israel something special as they're getting ready to enter into the promised land with Joshua. In Joshua chapter 1, God's speaking to them as they're getting ready to go in. And he tells Joshua to tell the people, be strong and of good courage. Be strong and of good courage. For to this people you shall divide as inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only, only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left that you may prosper wherever you go this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth but you shall look at meditate think on dwell in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it for then you will will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Did you catch that? How many times is, as they're getting ready to go in for battle, to take the land that God has promised them. Three different times God said, Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. I said before, courage takes strength. It's hard to be brave. when you feel like your strength is so little. So God told him, told him, be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. And he even told him, here's how you do it. Meditate on some stuff. Meditate on my word. Meditate on my promises. Meditate on these things. Think about them day and night. Why? So you can be strong and courageous. So you can be strong and courageous. I don't know if you realize, but every thought, every thought you have, it either pays dividends or it costs you. Every thought, every thought either pays or it costs. And here's what its currency is, your energy. You spend a day thinking about the negative and what happens? You're drained. You're drained mentally. You're drained physically. You've just sat and you've worried. And the enemy knows it's hard to be courageous when you've got no strength left in you. And you'll fall and you'll cower back And you'll fold every time. And it all started with the thought because every thought pays. It pays with energy if it's good or it costs with energy. Paul said, look, if you're going to be strong, you going to be brave. You gotta think about the right things. Let, let me let me show you this. Just kind of a picture of this. And Mike, Mike, Matty, will you come here and help me out? I warned them before because I know how. Because my dad never warned me when he used me. And come over here. Come on. God, come up here. Let's get y'all front and center. Yeah. If I'm if. We're going to make you nervous. Let's make you nervous. God said, God, Paul said, whatever is, you'll be the thoughts. Whatever is pure. Whatever is true. Whatever is lovely. Come on, say amen. He, he put it in there so you get to amen it right there. Whatever's of good report. Whoever is virtuous. Whoever is praiseworthy. Meditate. Think or hold. Hold tight. These things. That, that's, what, that's what he said. He said whatever is true. Whoever is pure. Whoever is lovely. Whatever is of good report. Whoever is virtuous. Whatever is praiseworthy. Whatever is of God. Hold. You're married. You can do it. Hold. Don't let go. Hold tight to these things. Hold to these things. But here's what, here's what the enemy does. Come, come here. Help me out. Help me out. Help me out. Help me out. Help, help me out. Help me out. The enemy... Here, let's get you up here. Let's get you. We'll put you right here. We'll put you. The enemy says, I got something else you can hold on to. (laughs) I got a little worry. I I might not have truth, but I got facts. I've got some doubt. I've got. and, and, And what happens is we on to these things. Hold on, hold on, hold on. When I mean, no, God's got something better for us to hold on to. God's got something. So, so what I'm saying, why would you hold this when you can hold that? Why would I hold on to this when I can hold on to that? Why would I waste all my holding on to this when I can hold on to that because this encourages me this builds me up and what I'm telling you watch what you hold on to y'all y'all, say, y'all, say, thank, y'all thank y'all watch what you hold watch what you hold and if we saw it in that way why would I ever Why would I spend my day worrying? Why would I spend my day? It it, it hurts my relationships, the lack of energy. It hurts every relationship I have. It hurts my job. It hurts my purpose. It hurts every area. It affects everything because I've got no strength. Therefore, I've got no courage. But when I hold on to the right things, I feel stronger. feel better i feel stronger and i'm ready to chase after everything he has for me because i held on to what was right what i'm telling you get your thoughts focused thanks for joining us today please share this podcast have a great week and make an impact on those around you